0: Interchanger, the revolutionary app that's been built specifically for Australian football. For $100 per club, you can take all the guesswork out of managing your players' time on the ground. The Hawthorne and Bulldogs footy departments have used Interchanger in the past four Grand Finals. Contact Murray Bird via interchanger.com.au. That's Murray Bird via interchanger.com.au. The Standard Hotel in Fitzroy. Hard to find, easy to love. Go to thestandardhotel.com.au for details. Welcome to the Country Footy Show and PD Footy, episode 20, 2017. My name is Paul Daffy. I am a Melbourne journalist uh, who does country footy radio shows, or local footy radio shows, I should say, doing them on uh, SEN in recent weeks on RSN, and this week on the ABC, actually, as well. But this is my favourite because uh, I created myself, I suppose, PD Footy, and also I get to talk at length to uh, to my guests, and I love doing long interviews because you can get into them a bit deeper, uh, and that's certainly the case today. I speak uh, at length to Brad Murray, the Myrtleford midfielder, champion Myrtleford midfielder. We speak at length because there's so much to talk about. He uh, he played besides playing at Myrtleford for 10 years, he's played in the Waffle, West Perth, in the Sandfill for Port Adelaide, one best and fairest at both clubs. Also played at Echuca in the Golden Valley, Blackburn in the Eastern League in Melbourne, and then back to Myrtleford, where he's retiring. Uh, he has retired. He played his last game last Saturday in the final round in the Ovens and Murray League. The Saints lost to Albury, but they were certainly not disgraced. Uh, they pushed the Tigers all the way, and Brad went out, uh, uh, I was going to say on a high note, that's not quite right, because they lost, but he certainly had a great day, and it uh, sounds like the whole town, the whole community, got behind him on that final day. Uh, and you can hear that after the break. Uh, before I do, I'd like to at this stage give some context in that I read the letter just to let listeners know who else is in the comp and where they where they sit uh, in relation to each other. So this week it's the final five after round 18 in the Ovens and Murray League. So this is how they finished after the home and away rounds. Aubrey 68 points, Wangaratta 56, Yarrawonga, Wodonga Raiders, 48. And then Lavington, 5th, with 44 points. Outside the 5, Wodonga, 40. for 32. North Albury, Wangaratta Rovers, 12. Koroa, Rutherglen, 0. While I'm at it, I might as well mention who's playing in the finals this week. Wangaratta versus Yarrawonga, qualifying final at the Finlay Oval. in Wangaratta on Saturday, Wodonga Raiders versus Lavington, the elimination final. The Albury Sports Ground on Sunday. Uh, and before I turn to Brad Murray, uh, a lot of the information I gained was some excellent articles by Andrew Moyer in the Border Mail. I might just quote—I didn't mention this in the interview, so I might just do it now. Um, quote one of Brad's former opponents, Matt Pendergast, who I interviewed on PD Footy last year after his retirement, actually, having played many, many years at Lavington, uh, quality footballer over a long, long time. Uh, Matt said of Brad Murray, he could kick goals, he could get clearances, and he could break the lines. So he was the ultimate p- package. Uh, I'll be speaking to Brad Murray. Oh, that's a nice to sum It sounds like he was a, quite a complete player. But well summed up there by Matt Pendergast. I'll be speaking to Brad Murray from the Murderful Footy Club after the break. Get the right loan the first time with Bendigo Mortgage Brokers. We do all the shopping around for you and our home loan service is free. Contact Glenn McMahon at Bendigo Mortgage Brokers in View Street, Bendigo. That's Glenn McMahon at Bendigo Mortgage Brokers in View Street, Bendigo. The Standard Hotel in Fitzroy. Hard to find, easy to love. Go to thestandardhotel.com.au for details. And welcome back to the Country Footy Show. I'm PD Footy, with thanks to Glenn McMahon from Bendigo Mortgage Brokers, Murray Bird from Interchanger, and Paul O'Brie from the Standard Hotel in Fitzroy. My guest on the Country Footy Show today is Brad Murray. Brad is the uh, Myrtleford champion, who's announced his retirement. Well, he announced his retirement a couple of weeks ago, but he retired after the final round in the Ovens and Murray, Le- Murray League last week. Welcome, Brad. Good
1: day, Paul. Yeah, thanks for having
0: me. Now. Brad, you're 35, I gather, is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Yep. You, you've retired after, yep. I've been through, is it Andrew Moyer's uh, articles in the Border Mail? You've retired after 314 yep. games across six clubs in 18 yep. seasons, 162 yep. games for Myrtleford. So you started there in 2000, so that would have made you, what, yep. 17 or so? Yeah, 17-year-old, yep. Okay, and it's been a mighty journey, yeah. just looking at it. And yeah, it has. How yeah. did you you, you had a loss to Albury, but not a disgraceful loss by any means, by 34 nah, points. No, we um, how was the it? boys um, had a, a fair Yeah, yeah. How, tell us about Sunday. How, how did it go?
1: Yeah, look, it wasn't <clears throat> wasn't a
0: bad game, um, bad
1: day really. Obviously, being up against the might of Albury, it was. Um, we're always going to be up against it, but um, yeah, look, the, we just set ourselves to try and give give an effort for a couple of hours and um, see where it took us. So obviously. Being no tomorrow for us, we sort of set it, set ourselves to, yeah, just play as hard as we could and, and see where it would take us. So um, uh, I thought the boys played pretty well, and obviously up against a, a quality side, and um, yeah, we just weren't quite good enough on the day, and um, you know, still learn a lot out of the out of the game there. Just quality players across the board, so it's good for our young guys playing against a side like that.
0: Right. I, I gather you announced your retirement a couple of weeks ago after a, a match at home against Wang Rovers. Um, yeah. You announced it after the game. What, 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 why did you do that, and and what was the reaction to it?
1: Um, well, it's, it's something I was thinking about for probably probably four to six weeks. Like um, probably earlier in the year, I was more more thinking of uh, of playing again next year, but. Yep. Um, just as the season went on, um we've we had our third child uh, during the year. Um and just since he's come on board it's been you know, quite quite busier at home and um my commitment to footy um had changed a bit in terms of training and um also the the way I was playing I wasn't sort of having the impact I guess I've had over the over the years. Um and it was probably due to the training side of it as well, so um, once I yeah come up with the decision, I guess that um, it was time that I was going to uh, retire. That I thought it would be best to to get it out in the open and um, let everyone know, um, and then I'd just be able to enjoy the last couple of games, um, knowing that that was going to be it. Um, and also we have a we have a handful of Melbourne um, travellers, I guess, that play for us, um, awesome. and it was just an opportunity uh, where we get every when everyone's at the ga- everyone's there and. Um, You know, I didn't want to do it at training because there's uh, a chunk of players that wouldn't be there. So it was just an opportunity to tell everyone face to face and and, um, just let them know where where I was at. And um, yeah, so it sort of worked out all right. and I was able to yeah enjoy the last couple of games and um, everyone um, yeah I guess um, said their thank yous and that during on on the weekend, which was a really nice day. Had a really good day. A lot of family and all that there too, so it was. Um, I think it worked out alright, and yeah,
0: really happy to. Did uh, you content uh,
1: With the, I guess the decision to
0: retire. It makes sense when you say it like that. I mean, of course, the yeah. Melbourne the Melbourne players would be training in Melbourne, so to announce it to yeah, everyone, it had yeah. to be it had to be on match day. Were you emotional when you told yeah. them, and were the were any teammates or officials or supporters emotional?
1: Yeah, there was a bit of emotion um, attached to it, like. Um, it was funny, like it was. Since I did call it, um, it was a weird feeling um, to just know that, that that was sort of going to be your last game of footy ever. Like I'm not, I'm not really interested in um, playing uh, any forms of footy, sort of. So that was, I knew that was going to be, um, that was it. Like that was so. Um, right, so no, you're, not I to, guess,
0: you're not going to, you're not going to do a Matt Prendergast and turn out for Renny or something. Mm-hmm. You're not going to go down
1: to a, no, a district. Club. No, no, no. yeah no nah, not not no nah. it's not something I'm thinking of, so okay. that's sort of why I did put a lot of time and thought he'd guess into it um uh, to make sure I was making the right decision um I guess there was a small percentage of me that would possibly wanna keep playing, but um just thinking with my family and um with work, um my wife's not working, so if if I was to get hurt playing free that would put a lot of pressure on uh on things at home so Life gets and being a, I sub yeah, I'm a subbie too, so like if I don't work, I don't get paid. So yep. um, I guess it was more of a, um, I guess, family uh, reason why I did pull the pin.
0: So well, how, did you, um, how did you train? Did you train differently these last two, or did you train at all? Or or did you sort of float oh, around and, and, and you might yeah, have really number, enjoyed I, these last two weeks? Yeah, I did. I did, like, for
1: probably the mo- uh, majority of this year, I've been training once a week um, on a Thursday night, Um which, and there's been some weeks where I haven't been able to get there at all, just due to family reasons, like there might have been a bit too much going home. We also had a few issues with our our, our little fella, Bodie, who was born in May. He um, had a lung well, Tell us about
0: that, yeah. What, what, what actually happened?
1: Yeah. I, when he was born, he had an underdeveloped lung. So right, um, we ended up, we had him in the Mercy down in Heidelberg. And yeah, He had to spend close to a week in intensive care um down there so quite a daunting yeah daunting and uh experience for us so that was um yeah that was just the way it started but even since then there's been a few little health issues along the way that um have uh yeah i guess they automatically just get worried about little things like he also spent four days in hospital with pneumonia about three to four weeks ago right um so and obviously we've got other we've got um two daughters as well and they've had their little issues like just colds and, and just little things that makes, makes things a bit harder so um,
0: it's, it's just ha- been really been hands on deck at home so yeah, yeah. it's terrifying because you can't do anything you can't
1: nah, you, you, you
0: feel quite I, mean, I my youngest yeah, we had trouble similar thing actually but um, he ended yeah, up, he ended no. up being okay but you feel a bit helpless
1: yeah oh absolutely you feel you feel very helpless because obviously with them being so young like our eldest is three and a half and she can communicate with you and that but <laughs> um, Heidi's only just over eighteen months, and she yeah, if something's wrong. you don't really know. So, and obviously Bodie's a newborn. So he um yeah, look, he's been through the wars a little bit. He's had other little things along the way too. where he's just like um hoping him, hope, hoping for him to get a clear run at, at life, which he hasn't really had yet. So is he is he okay now um,
0: now? Or? Yeah, he
1: is. Like he's fine. He's 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 just over three months old. You no, know, he's smiling and pretty happy little fella. And he's he took it all in his stride too. He's, he's um. He's been a little trooper, so. Did that? Um, did, did, but did, yeah. yeah.
0: these are there's a big life. When you, you can't get a bigger one than your own child mm. being in trouble. Did this put footy in perspective? Like, did it make you appreciate footy more, yeah. or it just just seemed irrelevant? Or because? Oh, it definitely
1: things... definitely puts footy in perspective and just makes you realise there's more to life so obviously than just footy. Like, uh, you know, I've loved footy and been a huge passion of mine over over the journey and that's I guess why it was another hard decision to to try to, to pull the pin because it's obviously something that I've always loved playing. I love the, the competitive side of it and going out there and um you know having a you know battle, battling it out with opposition for a couple of hours I could really enjoy that side of it but um oh, it's definitely put life into perspective and you know I'm actually yeah, just I just can't wait to to be able to I guess have that release and I don't have the commitment there, where I'm always constantly thinking about whether it's Tuesday, Thursday or Saturday or, you know, mm. the Sunday recovery session or, um, you know, functions and, and just different things where that commitment's not going to be there. and It just frees you up to, to really just do whatever you want with family. And, you know, during the winter, you might want to
0: you know, go away for a weekend here and there. Doesn't happen, um, mate. Kid, just into it. Your kids are too young. You won't you you be going away. <laughs> yeah. You'll
1: be, uh, yeah, we actually <laughs> you'll be just as Melbourne. busy. <laughs> it's funny you say that. We went to Melbourne uh, during that. We had a buy and took the family. It took everyone, just um, my wife, Jane, and, and the three kids down. And um, yeah, it wasn't a very enjoyable weekend. <laughs> <laughs> because it was just. they just, yeah, still pretty young and. Um, yeah, you know, when you lock them all in a hotel up in Melbourne for a couple of days, it can get pretty, uh, oh pretty God. taxing. So it takes you three hours. No, to we learn a lesson pack. there for sure. Yeah, uh, uh, but no, but no, they're good fun, so but just you just need them to have that freedom where they can just, um, I guess, not be restricted, and yeah, um, that's why it's good. That's oh. good here in the, in the you know in Little Myrtleford where it's, it's uh, they've got a lot of freedom to do that. So
0: all right, well, just um, just just on Saturday's game, you actually well you were named as Murderford's best player, so you must have. Uh, Brad Murray, mm. Matt Matt Dustin, Tom McDonough, Christian Burgess, are the four yeah. first name players. So you yeah. must have played alright. Tell us about your last game, but, the actual footy side of
1: things. Oh yeah, look, um for for the majority of you I haven't been playing through the midfield, which is a position I've usually played, so um I guess since since calling when I was going to retire the last two weeks I actually um had a chat with the coach Lee Corkin and said, Look, I've I've only got two games left, you may as well throw me in there. Um to yeah, obviously got Two games and he lost the go, so it was just, yeah, just ran through the middle a bit more and it got a few kicks, but I think they might have, whoever was doing the best players might have been a bit sentimental maybe <laughs> and just threw me in there. But, um, Matty Duffin was a clear standout. He played on Josh Mellington, who he kicked 90 goals in about 10 or 12 games or something, and, um, he needed 10 to kick his 100, so there was a, a pretty big, um, I guess focus pre game on that and how he was going to go. He kicked 12 the week before, and, um, so Matty Dustin, he's a Vic country rep and uh Murray rep over the last couple of years. He's been a, a player that's really just matured and become an absolute um an A grader of the comp and mm-hmm. he um yeah, he really took uh Mellington to task and, and beat him hand down, which is it's as awesome to see. He's also one of our co captains too, so it's just yeah, get a lot of pride in seeing a, a young fellow like that all right um do what he did and um yeah so it was he, he was super
0: so what happened did they did you get cheered off the ground by maddie dustin perhaps and others or uh, yeah in he what manner did you yeah, exit Matty, the field
1: yeah they they did the boys um gave me a, a lift off which is nice of them because i was pretty knackered so um <laughs> but yeah they did no Aubrey were uh, very respectful too and well, um, both teams sort of lined up and and did a bit of a, a guard of honor i guess and and Maddie and um Mitch Delboski, our other co captain, he uh, yeah, they the boys were nice enough to, to carry the old fellow off so was, was there someone? Uh, it was really nice. Had a lot of family sort of standing and, and people and supporters and that was a, a past player's function and that on the during the day and That's um yeah, they were they were all there up on the pavilion and stuff. So it was uh, yeah, look, it was a really nice day, like um, yeah, and obviously like we said before there was a, a bit of emotion involved. That a few few little uh, tears coming out I guess and got a bit choked up. Um and uh, yeah, had a chat to them inside in the rooms as well, which was um, quite quite tough to get that all out in uh, in one go. So, now,
0: at what stage did you get choked up? Was it as you as you were leaving the ground, or in the rooms, or was there someone in particular oh, who said which set you
1: off? Yeah, it was a bit of everything. Yeah, it was it was a bit of everything. Like even out on the ground when the siren went, I was getting people just coming up to me and giving me a bit of a hug or a, you know saying congratulations and you know even opposition players. Like it was just the whole the, every, everything just sort of. I don't know, it just all hit me at once, and just the realization that, you know, that everyone's doing this for a reason, and okay. yeah, I'm, I'm not obviously going to be playing anymore. So um, yeah, it was just all that, and you know, there was people around that were crying as well, like family, like mum and my wife and um, aunties, and you know, just it really? was just uh, it was emotion everywhere. So it was weird, like I said to the to everyone in the rooms after the game. It's weird how um, a game of footy can and have so much emotion attached to it because it is up there in the end of, of day just a game, but um,
0: uh-huh. when
1: obviously something that I've put a lot of time and effort into and the, and the footy club itself, right? Like yeah. I've been there since I was, you know, since I was a little fellow. I used to run the run the water there. And, I was um, ask used to ask you. The used to do the scoreboard. Used to do the scoreboard the uh, you know, when the under 18s were playing. Like even back then. So it's just yeah. something. Of um, yeah, it's been. I, I used to. yeah, I love the footy club as a young one.
0: Just still on Saturday, uh, um, you mentioned your aunties and your sisters, so cl- clearly your family's been very involved. Was there, what was the most poignant thing someone said to you, or was there someone in particular who made you emotional? Something they said, or just even someone you saw in the crowd? What, what was the... Oh, the, no, it there, there was just a,
1: there was a, there was a whole a lot of people saying some really nice things. Um, I couldn't really pinpoint um, any on the day as such, but there was, you know, a lot of hugs and... Saying you know, you know how proud they were of me and and, and just little things like that, but um, I, I guess it's just I guess just to see everyone how much they care and I guess I'm you know they appreciate what I've sort of you know given the footy club over the years. I think it's yep. you know it's um, but right. yeah it's definitely a mutual feeling for sure because like I said I've you know loved the footy club and and all the people like all the supporters and the the um volunteers and you know they're, they're people that were there when I first started playing and they're still there today. Okay. Um doing the you know the canteen and um you know, so yeah.
0: but well um the canteen. I'd like to ask we've been probably probably been going too long already. I was gonna ask about your routine. Did you go through your whole routine? Like did you say hello to the to the gatekeeper as you walked in and did you Yeah. Just all yep, those steps yep, along yeah, the way, it, did you say your farewells Yeah, as as you absolutely. Say, yeah from the moment you got there just
1: yeah, absolutely, yeah, the, uh, Mick Curlin, uh Tommy and who plays for us, his old man was on the gate, and <laughs> shaking your hand and saying, good luck today, and you know, yeah. and it just, and, and then you, you know, I went to the canine and got me, me chicken and salad roll, and me powerade. and yeah, and as you sort of go from the in it took, you know, a little bit extra, I guess, to get to the change rooms, because there's, there's people floating around
0: that say
1: come up to you, and old Mark Crisp, who's there every week, you know, ever since I was a little fella, and her husband Alan and they're just there and they're giving you a kiss and saying good luck and and I just, it just it was just a yeah it was just a great day like just something i um, well I guess I'm pretty lucky to for all these people to I guess care about me in that way and yep. um, but um, but yeah look, it was just a, a good day around and yeah definitely plenty of emotion here. Yeah. it and um, but yeah feeling feeling good about it.
0: All right, now it's your home club. You grew up in Myrtleford and tell us about running the water, doing the scoreboard. I mean you were. You used to go and watch Murdo mm. every week as a kid. It sounds.
1: I did, mate. Yeah, I was, yeah as far back as, as I can remember, I, I started out playing soccer. Funny, funny enough. Um, did you really? When I yeah, about under sevens, I think, through to under twelve. So it, it must have been around that time after I finished playing soccer, I started playing yeah footy when I was about in the under thirteens, I think. And I think it just all grew from there. We had a couple of mates who we used to knock around a bit on the weekend. Go and ask mum and dad for a bit of money to go to the footy or whatever, and yep. um, knew a couple of people there, and they'd be just yeah, we we ran the water for the seniors and do, used to do the scoreboard for the under 18s and things like that. So, um, but yeah, when when I was um, yeah doing the water and we, we were doing that for the seniors then too, and, and I just was uh, yeah just in awe of the, the senior players back then, looked up to them. I thought they were yeah. Um, yeah, just a, a different level of like you, you just look up to them, and yeah. um, there's some big boys running around too. So you just like you think these are like crazy, you know how oh, <laughs> they go and that sort of stuff. So, did, did you have a favorite? Um, did you have yeah, a look, it's just um, yeah, it's it's unreal like, how it's all happened, I guess. And um, who was your favorite growing yeah. up?
0: When you were growing up, running the water, did you have a favorite player? Oh, a, yeah, I did. There was a bloke called Brendan Breen.
1: Um, They played a lot of footy here. He was a a real big fella who went uh, went at it pretty hard. So he's always he was always uh, the number one for me growing up. I just thought he was, um, yeah, just he'd run through brick walls like (laughs) like I just thought he was he was um, just scary, really, (laughs) just the way he went about it. So, but no, he's also also a family friend now too. Like he played a lot of cricket with my dad. um, So he's a he's he's the head of the. past players club that they've got at the footy club now. So
0: yep.
1: he's, um, he's still around and um, he's a great fellow. So I really look up to him. And, you know, there's other blokes like Andrew Dale, Michael Quirk, um, Matthew Crisp, you know, blokes that have um, uh, been legends, I guess, of the club over the years and yep. played a lot of footy. And, and now I'm also playing footy with a, a lot of their sons and that as well. So Have
0: you got a favourite teammate um, um, in your years at Middleford?
1: Um, uh, I, I couldn't really pinpoint a favourite teammate. I've played some really good, really good players, I guess, along the journey. Like uh, a bloke called An- Andrew Carey back in o five o six. We played in a couple of grand finals, and he was uh, yep. he's a he's good, good mate of mine, but he was a quality player. But um, yeah, look, it, it's hard. To, I, I definitely haven't thought about who would be a favourite teammate or anything. But um, I've yeah, I think I've, I've played ten seasons, so there'll be a few that come have gone through the. Right. through the journey and, and, and also my time at other clubs as well. It's sort of been, I guess my time at Murderford was broken up into into a couple of year chunks. I played my first three years the senior footy from 17 to um, about 20, and then I went to Perth and, and then come back to Murderford, then went away again, then come back in.
0: So, well, look, I'm, I'm not going yeah. to ask you about every aspect of your career, but I, I do want to ask you yep. a, a couple of questions. I, yep. I, I like asking footballers who were around for a long time about their first game. Can you tell us about your first senior game with Myrtleford?
1: Yeah, I can. I was, um, yeah, 17, so it was at home versus Lavington, um, and, yeah, something I still still have fond memories of. I started on the wing. I was only a pretty skinny little fellow back then, just, um, um, yeah, started on the wing, wore number 20, which is not a number that I wear now, but, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, we played Leving. I remember it was pretty pretty nice day. I think it was that might have been Easter weekend or something like that. So um, yeah, we had a new coach, Luke Rayner, was just signed on as coach, and um, there's a bit of a buzz around the town because um, yeah, just obviously with new new players and a couple of new recruits. So um, yeah, really- and I think we, oh, I think I went alright. I think I got a couple of kicks. Um, may have gotten the best players. I'm not sure, but I can't quite remember that. But. Um, yeah, look, it was a good experience. I think we ended up having a good win too. So mm-hmm. it was um but I was yeah, I was didn't really find out I was playing, I remember 'til sort of that Thursday, so it was it was um yeah, a good experience and um yeah, we just got the how it all started. So it was yeah,
0: awesome. All right, now you won best and Ferris at West Perth in two thousand and four. Port Adelaide two thousand nine, mm-hmm. that's the uh, sample team. Echuca yep. 2011, Blackburn in Melbourne 2012, Myrtleford 2013, you might have won more since then as well, I'm not sure. You played in Premiership West Perth 2003, won the Waffle Rising yep. Star Award in 2003, uh, you, won Mor- you won the Morris, back to Myrtleford 2005, won the Morris Medal, best of, but couldn't yep. win the club best and fairest, who actually beat you that year?
1: Brilliant. No, that bloke, Andrew Carey, I was talking about.
0: Righto, yeah. okay.
1: He actually had a really good year. He was one of the favourites for the Morris Medal that year as well.
0: Righto. Just um, picked him. Fair enough. Now, uh, so you oh, you just picked a teammate. Really? Did, is that...
1: Oh, I think he was in the top few, yeah. Okay. But no, yeah, I think he was. Um, All
0: right, yeah. so you played playing a premiership with West Perth. Um, yep. you played three grand finals with Myrtleford. Now, 2001, I mean, reading uh, Andrew Moyes' article, just to get in the grand final was a very emotional uh, time. I mean, after beating Woodland yeah. Raiders, you were quite emotional. It sounds like you know, Myrtleford, a small club against uh, yeah, and so forth. Yeah, well,
1: so, yeah us, us and Coral have you know, got a population of about three. I think Myrtleford's about 3,500. I'm not sure Coral is around the same. So, yeah, we're, yeah, obviously Aubrey and yeah, those sort of clubs. we got fifty, sixty thousand 60,000 people mm. floating around. So, yeah, we're definitely the little fish in a big pond, I guess.
0: So you lost that 2001 yeah. grand final to Levington, then you lost in 2005 yeah. with a kick after the siren. Um yep. Tell us about that. That must have been a very emotional day.
1: Uh, yeah, it was um pretty, pretty sick, uh, sickening feeling. To um, Yeah, obviously we, we haven't won a premiership since 1970 as well, so it was, um, mm-hmm. yeah, obviously to be in front of the grand final and then... To all of a sudden have lost it. It's a yeah, it's pretty pretty cruel cool way to lose a grand final, and um, something that'll yeah, it'll always be be in my mind for the rest of my life just because it was so so close. I was captain that day as well, so it would have been a um, yeah, good good obviously moment not not just for me but just for the, the town and the community because I think um, you know Lavington um, it was that we actually played on their home ground and you know I think our crowd um, outnumbered theirs quite easily, I think, on the day, so it was just, a, yeah, it was just a, um, but the whole day, you know, now is still a bit of a blur, like I can't remember much of the game, I've never watched it again, um, so yeah, it's just a, yeah, it was a really, really sad way to lose a granny, and, and something that's obviously gets brought up all the time, and it's, it's it'll get brought up for a long time, so it's just, um, just, there's something that happened, and yeah.
0: What actually happened, Brett, I, I, I'm not, I know there was a kick after the siren. what but many, many listeners won't. I mean, I don't know myself. Many other listeners won't know. As yeah. As well. Oh uh,
1: look, so, we, we probably. We, I think from memory, we went, as, went in as probably favourites to like before the game, and we didn't have it. We didn't play that well. We didn't have a really good game, and um, Lavington were in front for most of the game, and I think we hit the hit the front sort of mid midway through the last quarter, mm-hmm. uh, kicked a goal, and, and I think we had another opportunity to kick a goal to go further in front, and a boat missed. So. Um, and then there was, I think it was about a minute or so to go, and there was a centre bounce on centre wing on the, on the on the main side where all the crowd was. We won the clearance, kicked it into our forward line, and then it sort of went to the fat side of the forward line. And from there, Lavington, um, a bloke called Cade Stevens, scooped on the balls, pretty classy pick up and, and spun around and, and hit a bloke, I think, on centre wing. And there was a. Um, Contest, yeah, and then all of a sudden it's in um a bloke called Darren McKimmy's hands. Yep. Um, about thirty five metres out on a slight angle, um down the other end. So it's gone from centre wing into our forward line into their forward line within, you know, not long at all. So sure. it happened really quick. Um and then the crowd was that loud, like I I I didn't even hear the siren at all, like that's how loud the crowd was. And I'm pretty sure the the siren went he'd probably taken about three or four steps into his into his routine to kick the goal, and his, and the siren went then. Mm. Um, yeah, and, it, and it's gone through, obviously, and, and I've turned around to run back to the centre for the next centre bounce, but then I've seen all the, all the people running on the ground and obviously realised that uh, it, was, it was all over.
0: Right. Well, the, the, the quote in, in the Border Mail article is, to be in front in a grand final when the siren sounds and to lose it, it was pretty cruel. I don't think I'll ever get completely over it. So yeah. it just just sort of, I mean, I can imagine it just stays with you. Is that right? Do you ever does it run through your head Yeah, or? Just, yeah. I'll just
1: like I said, just with uh, being a local kid growing up around this place and the club and and just the feeling of what it would have would have been like for for the for the town and the community and the people involved and how, how good it would have been. Like it's yeah. just um, it just would have meant so much to a lot of people and. Um, yeah that that's obviously what it would mean so much, but obviously to myself as a player and to the other people that were playing in the game as well like it's just obviously Premierships are well not that Aubrey would know that they're actually quite hard to win, you know what i mean <laughs> so um right. yeah, obviously, I've played in three three losing ones and uh being close and obviously um never never got the the ultimate success which um but yeah, that's footy and.
0: It's yep. just the way it's gone for me. So I mean, hopefully
1: one day the, the boys can, can can get one, and I'll be there on the hill if uh, when
0: they do. So. All right. Well, look, I I remember writing a a small column about I didn't go to the game, but I remember writing a small column about the fact that there were sixteen thousand people there. That's a lot at a country yeah. grand final. So. All, oh
1: yeah, it was it was amazing. That's
0: like I said, f- support from the little fans,
1: yeah. huh? Oh yeah, that was huge, and there's still photos and that to this day of people in the cock, oh, just the colours and the. The Saints goals in the crowd, and um, but yeah, obviously I couldn't even. You couldn't hear anything. Like that's how loud it was. Like it, to not hear the siren, it must have been yeah quite loud. So all right, yeah. The that's next really year you made
0: it. the next year you made it again, but you never really in the game. Yarrawonga took control and ran away with it.
1: Is yeah, that... they kicked ten goals to one in the first quarter. All
0: right. Is that more disappointing, or the, the the previous years when you were so close? Is that more disappointing?
1: Oh, they're both very disappointing for different reasons. Yeah, but yep, we um, that that uh, 2006, it was a it was a really pretty average day. Like it was a bit stormy and there was a little bit of rain around. It was a really strong breeze going to one end, but it wasn't a 10 goal breeze. It was probably a, a five or six goal breeze. And um, Yarra just come out and they had a bit of luck and were kicking a few from from the boundary. And you know that um and then and from then on, I think we ended up losing the game by five goals or something. So it was just the damage was done and, um, yeah, obviously really disappointing to um, come out and play a grand, the first quarter of a grand final and they kicked 10 goals to one, so um, I think a lot of our guys got a bit uh, bit stunned, I guess, a bit shocked and uh, didn't really know what to do, so it was uh, yeah, pretty disappointing as well.
0: Fair enough, no, but you also played in a premiership in, a, uh, in front of 25,000 yeah. in, in, um, in Perth, in the Waffle. Is yeah. That, is that the, tell us about that? Is that the whole lot of your career actually? Before you tell us about that? Or what would you say? Oh
1: yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Like the the whole experience, even just going to the to the waffle rock. I was only twenty, sort of turning twenty one that that year and didn't really have a lot of expectations didn't really know how I would go. I like I didn't really I wasn't really a player that had really set the world on fire, I guess, back here in the L was still pretty young and um but yeah, just the, I guess, the different trading standards, um, the professionalism and, um, I really, um, I guess, yeah, worked hard and ended up playing, holding my spot in the side and, yeah, we're lucky enough to play in a premiership that year and, um, you know, it's on Subiaco Oval, on Subiaco Oval in front of, yeah, a big crowd and playing against a massive rival of West Perth in Subiaco. And, um, yeah it was an amazing day amazing experience you know there was grand final parades and all that sort of stuff before the game and um, yeah sort of yeah it was sort of similar I guess to the AFL but not on that scale but well, um, they're very passionate about their footy over there so
0: well so it, it sounds like you weren't I mean you're a good player clearly but you weren't a world beater when you left the Ovens of Murray then you've gone to West Perth yeah and you've won the Waffle Rising Star played in a premiership and then the next year won their best and fairest. I mean that's that suggests an exceptional improvement. How did you improve? I mean, you you stepped up a grade of footy and you improved so much. How did you How did you pull that off?
1: Yeah, I'm not really sure. Oh, like I said, the, the training standards are obviously are a, a fair bit above back here, and the professionalism, and I guess the the time that you put into training as well. And um, Darren Harris actually was the coach. He's he's actually originally from this area, so there was a bit of a connection, and our know, coach here. Um, who was my first senior coach at Merdifort, Luke Raynor was actually from West Perth and a couple of other players as well. So um there was a sort of link to get over there and, and, and as I got over there I just yeah, just tried to put in the hard work I, um in the preseason and, and tried to impress I guess and ended up um yeah playing in the midfield not actually on the wing and um just had some, you know, quality players around me who I was able to learn off and um and it did, yeah. it all worked. yeah, I was run, I got runner-up in the be, in the best and fairest that year in the in the premiership year. So I was, um,
0: really,
1: yeah. It was just, um, I don't, I don't know. It was just a bit of hard work and and a bit of luck, I guess, too, and was able to play some good footy. And um, did, yeah.
0: Did, it's did it's the big um, dry, the the big dry ground suit you, or, or I mean, you played on big grounds in the of Murray, I suppose. Or yeah. Are you a, you like it inside and outside? Is that is that right? Brad,
1: yeah, I was probably more of ways. a, I guess, as as uh, my career went on, I was probably more of a, an inside player, I guess. Um, I'm not blessed with pace or anything like that, so I right. um, just tried to get in and, yeah, trying to obviously try and get the, get the ball going forward for our, our side and um, don't mind, the I guess, the physical side of footy. So that was always something I thrived on and tried to do well and, um yeah, it just, it just all worked out over there. It was just, um, yeah, like I said, a little bit of luck and
0: mm. timing, I guess. Okay. And just Can you just compare the... um? I mean, you're playing the Waff on the sand I mean, that's fantastic footy. Can you just compare the local comps you've played in? The Ovens of Murray, the Goulburn Valley, and the Eastern League in Melbourne. What, what, what are the differences between those comps? Oh, well, they're all, they're all um, yeah, quite strong. Like, the standards have been...
1: Um, even when I was in the GV and... Um, 2010 2011 like the, the the league was quite strong that year as well and the top sort of five or six sides were really even and um, I, I I can there's definitely a lot of similarities in both in both leagues like I can't I don't have a standout um, Difference in in the Almonds and murray and the gv. I think um, mm-hmm. both both Leagues are you know quality quality footy and uh, it's really good clean footy and you know the teams just go about the right way and, uh, the Eastern Footy League in Melbourne, it was uh, probably really small ground and more congested footy and, um, yeah, just a different different level. And
0: um, Who's been your toughest opponent over the years? Um,
1: I'm not really sure. Like I, um, I grew up playing against blokes like Matt Pendergast and Cade Stevens, um, Craig Edney, um, you know, these sort of bikes with Tyler Bonnet from Yarrawonga, who's, he's always, we've sort of played on each other over the last few years, and he's always been a really tough opponent because he's, he's quite fit and he's got a really good running capacity, but he gets his own footy as well. So, um, had to, you know, the Yarra boys have always had good tussles. like Xavier Leslie as well, another Morris medalist, um, from Yarra. You know, he's very similar players, I guess, who, so, um, try and get in and under and Um, yeah. right. you know, Jason Lappin from Wang Maggie's. John McCormick, Wang Nagy's like over the years, they're like their quality
0: okay. midfielders
1: as well, and um, okay. yeah, there's, there's lots lots out there.
0: You started number 20, you've you you've worn number two in recent years, is there a significance in those numbers? No, not
1: really. Not no, really? Not, no. Yeah,
0: no, no. Um, I
1: originally started, well when I went from 20, I, I went to number three at Murderford, and that was sort of my number for, for a fair while, but. Um, but since I left Myrtleford that time, it's sort of changed a little bit. So okay. I, was, I was number seven for a few years, and you now I ended up at number two. So
0: all right. you, um,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> you nearly got the you nearly got a premiership with Myrtleford your your home club that you love so much. And you mentioned that you know it's a it's a small club in comparing the population bases of all Wodonga clubs. Can you see Myrtleford coming through and winning that flag that just just eluded you?
1: I'd like to hope so, yeah. With the current playing list, if they can keep them all together, they've got a lot of talent there. It's just um, like the last couple of years, if we could just add, you know, sort of three or probably three or four quality players around them that are a bit older, that have got some leadership qualities, that have probably played at a a higher level here and there, I think that would be um, beneficial. I, you know, I, we've pushed Aubrey you know in our last game, and we've pushed every other side We've beat Landage and um you know a few of these other sides that are in the five at the moment and last year we played finals for the first time in ten years, so I think you know we're we're reasonably close, but um mm. like I said if it we just' it's obviously year to year with being a small town, it's hard to keep everyone here for for long periods of time because um you know the young the young fellows either go to uni or um Want to get down to Melbourne or the big city uh, cities or something like that. So, yep. um, you know, employment's always a factor and that sort of thing. So it's just yeah, it's always a constant challenge to keep everyone um, in town, I guess. Or yeah.
0: Okay. And what, what will you do next footy season? Will you be in footy at all, or you still... uh, no, not at this
1: stage. No, I'm not. I'm pretty keen not to have any any sort of major role at all. I'll just be, a, I guess, a spectator. And but I've I've left the. Um, or I've said to everyone, you know if anyone needs my help or, you know, personally or, you know, to do with footy or anything like that, they can always call me and I'm happy to go down the club every now and then and just have a chat or yeah. go through some stuff with the midfield or, you know, it's, I've, um, um, I've said that yeah, quite clearly. I'm, I'm always here if someone wants to talk or, or wants my advice, that's for sure.
0: All right. well, Brad, before we – I mean, it's very, very late and you've got to uh, get up early for – actually, can you tell them what what you're working at at the moment? Or are you – you told me off here you you're a carpenter. What are you what are you actually doing yep. at the moment?
1: Uh we're just uh doing a, a pretty big house up in Wondilagong. So it's a um yeah, we got big weatherboard house, so it's um yeah, you know, g- gonna be quite impressive. It's just uh getting uh the the plumbers are putting the roof on at the moment, so um yeah, no, it's keeping us very busy and we're just about to start another house in, in Bright as well.
0: So So you travel yeah, around b- for your base, but you yeah. travel around a bit it sounds.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, we travel around the area, so, yep. All right. yep. I better it, uh, three kids under three and a half, which is a... Yeah, that's right. You, yep. You'll know you're alive yeah, now, so i better, better let you go <laughs> and get to bed. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's all good. Before I go, I just want to encourage every all listeners to subscribe to PD Footy. Just press the button subscribe on uh, iTunes and the interview will drop into your inbox uh, without you doing anything each week. But uh, thanks again, uh, Brad Murray, for uh, coming on Purdue Footy. Uh, congratulations hey, on a wonderful career. And I I hope yeah. you can enjoy uh, – I'm sure you'll be back in footy at some stage in a more structured way. But enjoy your uh, post-career yep. years in any case. Thanks, thanks, mate.
1: Yep. No worries. Thanks for having me.